Hey, this is Wilson. What's going on? I'm David Galvez. Welcome to another episode of the Complete Player Podcast. Today we are going to talk about the Drew Brees statement and the controversy. We're going to get into some NBA uh, stuff, and uh, we'll see what else we cook up. Right. So, Wilson, the, uh, the Drew Brees comments, um, very controversial because of this during this time. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I just think it's uh, completely ridiculous. Of course, um, you know, the, the ridiculous uh, for who? On the side of the uh, the people who are criticizing Drew Brees, the, the outraged people. Yes, uh, those people are just completely out of control. You know, um, it's just amazing that we've allowed it allowed us to get to this point with them. I think I was telling you off air. Like uh, maybe I even said on the last episode about you know in The Godfather, when uh, Clemens is talking to Michael when they're about to go to war, and he's talking about you know how how they should have stopped Hitler in Munich, they should have never allowed to get never allowed him to, to get away with that. They were just asking for trouble, and I think that's what you know uh, that's what it's like. I think it probably started with you know with the whole race stuff. Uh, that was probably the first uh, uh, you know when they, when they first started with the whole political correctness thing. And then with feminism and not being able to say anything negative about women, like, like even micro uh, negative about women, uh, and now it's you know it's just got completely out of control. And uh, you know, Drew Brees should be able to say what he wants. Uh, you know, I would have liked it if Drew Brees had you know doubled down. Of course, he's not going to do that because it's a, it's a you know it's a business and he has a lot to lose. He just signed that deal with uh, NBC uh, for when he retires to take over the, you know in their booth. Um, so he did what he had to do, I guess. But, you know, I just think the left is just completely out of control uh, with all their censorship and, uh, you, know, you know, anytime somebody says something they don't agree with, he gets, he gets canceled, the person gets canceled and they have to apologize. And I'm just, you know, like I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm ready for almost for the real, for the Civil War. And even though I go by Anthony X, you know, um, and I'm, you know, pro-black, even though it's a different kind of pro-black than what you know people are used to, uh, what the left is doing is you know it's really no different than what any you know than what white supremacy was you know the real white supremacy you know it's just another form of supremacy uh, you know it's liberal supremacy but, um, you know so yeah. <laughs> my my thing is two things one you're right he shouldn't have to apologize because he never he didn't disrespect. To me, he didn't disrespect, like, he didn't say, oh, black people need to do this, this, and that. He just said, I would never disrespect the flag, you know? He didn't specifically mention black people or anything. And it's, you shouldn't have to apologize for an opinion, regardless of what your opinion is, right? And like you said, that's the problem with the left is that, you know, let's take for a quick example, like, gay marriage. Why should you have to apologize or be considered a homophobe if you don't support gay marriage? It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't, you know, but the left, they're so, uh, you know, they want to frown upon everything that's not equal rights, or not equal rights, but like, you know, uh, if it's not their belief, they don't, you know, they think you're a bad person. And so, I don't think Drew Brees should have apologized, you know. But two, 
Drew Brees is almost a 20-year vet. He should have known better. He should have known during these times. He just could say that kind of stuff, especially what's going on with the protests and all that. He should have had the, the savviness to, you know, just say, hey, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about that right now. You know, there's enough going on in the world. Right. You know, yeah, even his, um, his own teammates like Malcolm, G- uh, Malcolm Jenkins um, and Michael Thomas. You know, uh, what, you know they they uh, they called him out. Yeah, instead of like you know supporting him and saying well, you know Drew didn't mean anything by that, you know, and uh, you know we have to have a uh, able to people have to be able to voice their opinions and have an, you know an open dialogue. You know, they came after their own their own guy. You know, and does anybody mm-hmm. really think Drew Brees is a racist? You know, yeah. after you know, they're been, saying he does he does more. I read somewhere, so don't quote me on this, but I was reading that. He does more in poor black communities in New Orleans than the actual black players. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's such it's such a I mean, it's such a black city, you know, and he's the you know the face of the franchise. He's won them a Super Bowl. He's done all these things for them. And, you know, you know one thing that uh, one comment that the left doesn't like, and then even his own teammates are throwing him under the bus. You know, so it's exactly. Really, it's just it, it sucks, man. You know. Um, and then obviously President Trump uh, chimed in on it, and you know, but you know, I think I think Drew Brees, he didn't, he only apologized because of the of the backlash. He didn't apologize because he really wanted. And like, again, it doesn't make him racist. It's just that you know, um, it's an opinion. Now, let me ask you: Did you see LeBron James? That he, I don't know if he put on Instagram or he tweeted that the same uh, reporter that told him to shut up and dribble and not to have an opinion kind of said to Drew Brees that it's okay to have an opinion. What's your take on that? I don't know if you heard or saw it. No, uh, I didn't. You know, I, it's, I, I haven't been paying attention to LeBron's tweets lately. I guess not. not like not like that. Uh, but, well, it was it was on Bleacher Report, so it wasn't like right, he tweeted yeah. it and went unnoticed. But a lot of people were reposting it or re whatever. Yeah, well, that's that's about what you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's how people but it, are. But it is true, though. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's how people are. She doesn't want him to, you know, because she does, she doesn't she didn't agree with what he was saying. Of course, she you know she told him to shut up and dribble, and then because she agreed with Drew Brees, um, you know, she told it's okay him, to have an opinion. Yeah, so she's a hypocrite. But that's what people are. People are hypocrites, you know. Yeah, everybody. I mean, the, 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 that's what the left does. The left has their opinion about everything, and they just try to just beat everybody down with it. And as soon as you yeah. have an opinion that they don't agree with, they tell you shut up, like you know, stop, yeah. like what are you talking about? So my, uh, for example, my wife's cousin, he's like super into politics, and he's not left, but you know he's more of a liberal, but he's not super left. And he was telling me that. That he was reading that Trump had told the military or told, no, he told FBI, CIA, all the big agencies said, I want you to go across the country and do your homework on police brutality. Make sure everything's going right. Make sure, like, do your due diligence, like, you know, make sure they know what they're doing in, in the police force, which is really good. But of course, you know the left liberal media—they'll never post that story. 
No, you know, Trump is, uh, he, he's done some things for blacks, for sure. Uh, probably more, yeah. not, I mean, I don't know if any, any other person I can think of. I mean, when, when he has those black leaders coming to the, to the White House, those aren't just photo ops, you know. Like, he's actually yeah. worked together with black leaders and signed different things uh, in the law, certain different initiatives and stuff like that. Um, I don't have them right here in front of me, uh, but I think we all know that he's that he's done that. Uh, but you yeah. know, the liberal they, the, the media they have uh, you know the left and, they don't publicize it. Yeah, and the, the, the you know the media is left too. You know, they for the most part besides you know Fox News and a few other outlets online. You know, they uh you know the left controls the media. Uh, you know, it's right around election time now, and we know what they're doing. You know, they did the same thing last time. So. Um, it is what it is, man. And, you know, we'll have to see if, if, if it's enough for people to get up, to go out in November and vote for a 77-year-old senile man <laughs> and Joe Biden, who always seems like yeah. he doesn't know, like, what day it is or anything. But there were, but there were um, you know, some people put up graphs on, on social media. You don't even know if those graphs are real, right? People, and I could put up a graph and say 50% of Hispanics are now siding with Trump. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there's no way to prove it. But I did see a graph that said uh, something about if the black people can go out and vote anti-Trump, then he would lose because I think it was saying that he had lost, like, they had lost, I don't know how much, like, supposedly, for example, Trump uh, beat, uh, won Wisconsin by 20,000 votes. 50,000 black people didn't vote in Wisconsin. So you get what I'm saying? So they're counting on on somehow, you know, the, hopefully hoping the black vote, the black people can go out and vote, you know, against Trump, and that should give Biden the win. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, black people already give Democrats their vote 90% of the time. So... You know, I guess, I guess, I guess, what they're hoping is that more black people will go out and vote. Yeah, that's know? what they want. Not that, not that they're gonna sway the black people. No, because black people already vote Democrat anyway. So they're just hoping that the non-black voters can act, can actually go out and vote. Oh, the non-black voters, yeah. Yeah, the ones that don't vote. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't know if I said this in the previous show. Uh, last election. 2016. That was my first time voting. Mm-hmm. I had never voted before. So it was kind of surreal. Like, it felt like, you know, you almost feel important that you're voting. Even though, at the end of the day, your vote, California's vote doesn't really matter. Because yeah, it's you, like, you already know which I mean, way it's if, going. You're, if you're Republican, your vote doesn't really matter in California. And they don't even campaign here. Yeah, they don't even campaign here. The polls don't close till 8 p.m., which means it's 11 p.m., um, you know, Eastern time. And by then, they already pretty much say, all right, California, you know, went blue, like always. So, you know, so, but, you know, it feels good, man. You actually feel important. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've been voting the whole time. More recently, I haven't taken voting seriously. Uh, and I mean, I mean, the whole time I mean since 2008, that was the first presidential election. I was uh, old enough to vote. Eligible. Uh, yeah, and now this year, 
you know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm Anthony X now. So uh, I look at things differently. Even though I st- I'm still a big Trump supporter, I'm not. I'm no longer registered as a Republican. I still think conservative, but you know, like I said, it's no like conservative pride that I have or anything like that. So you know, I realize that it's not really for blacks. You know, uh, clearly, obviously, but at the same time, feeling like blacks shouldn't blame all their problems on on white well, people. You know? Okay, you you. I think you spoke about the Beverly Hills incident, right? Without me. Yeah, I just yeah, I didn't I okay. a little bit. Okay, so let me ask you this, though. If I can play devil's advocate. When you went through Beverly Hills, that was one time that it happened in your life, right? Right. But you, you admit yourself, you're not a very social person. Right. You don't go out a lot. You don't. You just go to Target. You just go to USC. You weren't going around to Hollywood doing other stuff. But for the most part, you're not a very social person, right? Correct. Like, you're not going to bars or clubs or anything. So... What happened to you, Beverly Hills? What if, like, don't you feel like black people are are already fed up with it? Because what you went through, Beverly Hills, I'm sure black people go through it almost every day. And imagine how you felt just that one instance, that one day, what happened. Just imagine if that happened to you once a week. Well, I think what most black how you would feel. See, see, the thing with me is, and why it was so life changing was because, mm-hmm. like, it was, it was, it was very, it was like kind of intense. Like that was it, your first time. But it wasn't so. just that it was my first time. It was that the, the it, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't like some microaggression, like you know, walking into a store and feeling like somebody's you know watching you to make it, make sure you're not going to steal or something like that, or walking down the street, which has had this happened before, walking down the street behind this white lady and I'm just walking and you know same way she's walking but she's looking back yeah. at me like I'm you know gonna like trying to do something to her or something like that you know yeah. um, I think it's just more of those like you know kind of I mean she was kind of I mean she was obvious with it but that's that type of stuff happens to me you know but I think that's most of the kind of stuff that black people are talking about this guy in Beverly Hills was just like a straight up like like if, if we had been in, in the Jim Crow South you know in the 50s there's no telling. I mean, he, he would have him and his boy buddies would have roughed me up, you know. Hmm. Like he was that. Put you, was, the, put you in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, and, that was his, that was the, that was the type of energy that he was putting out, you know. Yeah. So that's why it was so. Uh-huh. so and just imagine if you were more an aggra- like if your personality was more aggressive. Yeah. And you would have like spoken back to him. It would have it could have gotten ugly. Yeah, and even when I did when I did say something back to him. You know, with you know me, I, you know how I talk, bro. I'm like a, I'm like a laid back. You know, I just I wasn't aggressive or hostile, but he still kind of got like tensed up. You know, yeah. kind of like got kind of snappy with me. You know, and I just you know I was just um, I wasn't being a confrontation or anything like that. I was just talking to him. You know, um, yeah. so you know, but um, yeah, I think I think sort of, yeah, but I mean, yeah, for the most part, I think black people that's like the more what they call microaggressions, you know, that was like a macro, you know, that was a, that was a, that was, he was very aggressive, um, so that was different, but yeah, I mean, it's like, obviously, I, like I said, I changed my name to Anthony X, uh, I mean, not legally, but on social media, so obviously, I do get it now, that was my moment of, of the, like, you know, the light, like, you know, go, light, light bulb going off, and me realizing, you know, well, this is, you know, made me identify with my ancestors, and stuff like that, but at the same time, you know, I just feel like, 
you know, uh, you know, the main, like I always say, the main thing, the main problem facing the black community is you the know, breakdown of the family, the welfare state, the 73% of black kids born outside of wedlock, you know, single mother home. Those are the main problems. And of course, the black on black murder rate, uh, which all that stuff comes from single, single, you know, single motherhood. That was with birth to hood, the crack, the drug game, drug game, the, I'm sorry, the drug game, the gangs, it all came from that. None of that stuff existed before welfare and single motherhood and, and you know, feminism in the 70s. A lot of black women took feminism in the 70s. And I just want to say for a second, before I let you say whatever you were about to say, um, black women, if you've ever called the police on a black man uh, just because you were upset or you didn't, you, you know, he wasn't letting you have your way or something like that, or you call the police or, you know, you, you put a black man on child support or something like that, Please just sit this one out, okay? Don't act like you care about black men's lives. The main people are antagonizing black men. So please just stop with the farce, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I will not comment on that because, you know, I don't really, you know, I don't date, I'm, I'm not married to a black woman. So, you know, uh, anyway. So, what I was going to say is, you know, it's funny that, no, 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 me being Hispanic, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, luckily, nothing, not that there's anything wrong, but, you know, I don't look like your typical beaner, but I'm also don't look like your typical white, but I don't look like a white boy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell I'm Hispanic, but, you know, I'm not like bisa or anything. So, but it's weird though, like 31, going on 32 years of, of living, I have never once felt that prejudice, man. And I know a lot of, I, I think a lot of Hispanics say they do, but I don't, I've never ever encountered racism. I've never, like at a store, like, you know, or anywhere. I've never, I've never encountered that, man. Maybe I've just been lucky that that I, you know, I've never come across the wrong guy, but never, man, never, ever, 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 ever. Yeah, that's the difference. It was probably like more. And like- I went to, and I went to, I went to a predominantly white high school my junior and senior year. It was probably 70 percent white. And I'm like with the kids there, I never felt any type of way. You know, I never felt even like you know how like blacks and Hispanics they'll always have some type of rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we sometimes we come together, but you know, there's usually a rivalry. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But even with black people, I've never felt you know. I guess because I've always known how to act in public. And I've always been pretty respectful. Like, I'm not out there causing a scene. You know, I don't let little things get to me, right? Like, if someone, like, comes at me sideways, slightly sideways, I don't blow it up into a big deal, you know? So. Well, you know, it's different, Galvin. It's not, I mean, why even Hispanics don't have the same reputation for being criminals that black people have. Um, so if you're not going to get the same level of like prejudice and stuff like that, and just the way that yeah. people look down on blacks in general, 
I think uh, white people, white people like us just a little bit more. Of course. And not only that, but like the difference is that like you know, if some cholo walks into a store or something like that, like mm-hmm. it's like a cholo, a cholo Hispanic guy, is probably not going to get the same type of dirty looks from an Asian, uh, like store owner, liquor owner, as like a square black, like a square black guy like me, is seen as more like criminal probably than even like a cholo Hispanic guy. Like people really just do not like black people. <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm like a square. I wear glasses. I'm like I walk around like kind of goofy, and they probably look at they'll probably look at me and think I'm more of a threat than like a like a some tatted up you know Hispanic guy with tattoos on his head or something like that. You know? Yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's kind you know it's sad, um, but. Unfortunately, it's the world we live in, man. And, you know, it's funny because I was saying, I was telling people, like, what's the, like, yeah, all right, we're not going to deal with the, pro, we're, like, protesting to change or whatever. In a couple years, this is going to happen again. And then we're going to be back to, square, like, square one. Like, unfortunately, there's always going to be police brutality. Yeah. There's there's really no way of, you know that's like saying hey I want to I I don't want to I don't want to get a, I don't want to get sick anymore ever, it's just it's inevitable you know there's always going to be either some some civilian that crosses the line and then uh, a cop has to use over excessive force it just it just happens so you know but. Going back to Drew Brees thing real quick. Uh, it's it, it's very sad that we live in a world where it's even Charles Barkley said it. He goes, I don't, you know, his, his comments were a little insensitive, but the backlash was just over the top. I mean, you, people were acting like Drew Brees said all lives matter, um, blue lives matter. Um, I think he, I think black people need to stand for the for the national anthem. You know, all he just said was, "I'll you know, I'll never disrespect the flag like that." Right. Um, and what I just wanted to say one other thing about—I forgot. I think I lost my train of thought. Oh well, never mind. Yeah, but wow, what a way to podcast, man! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus, let's just go into a new topic. That's our cue to just go into yeah, what we really talking about that. Yeah. The NBA. So the NBA proposed, and I think it it got accepted. Uh, July thirty first, twenty two team playoff. Uh, finish the season. Uh, I think they invited twelve teams from the Western Conference and and ten teams from the Eastern Conference. So the standings are going to stay the same. If the the if seeds nine through twelve on the Western Conference, if they're still within four games. By the time the season ends, then they'll put, they'll do a play-in tournament to see who gets the eighth seed. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess that makes it kind of fair since they are cutting the season short. You know, so those teams who, uh, yeah. you know, were on the outside looking in but would have had more of a shot. They really, you can tell they just want the Pelicans in the playoffs, man. 
But the Pelicans are not even, the Pelicans are barely close. The Pelicans are like eleven games under five hundred. You know? Yeah, but that's because but what was what's the record as soon as Zion came back though? I mean it's better. I think it's at five hundred. Yeah, but still, I mean you can't just rig the playoffs to get the Pelicans in. <laughs> it really shouldn't yeah. the season. <laughs> So who do you think? Who do you think is the favorite now? Well, I think the Lakers would probably be the odds-on favorite. I always think the I still think the Clippers are going to win the championship. You know, I just think the Clippers have the best team. But the fact that you know LeBron, was, you know, was pushing so hard for them to, you know, uh, resume the season and not you know cancel it, tells me that he does think that they can win. The Lakers can win this year. So you know, that says something. You know, as a Lakers fan, that's something to to, to be uh, optimistic about and positive about, or feel positive yeah. about. But yeah. you know, so, I think we spoke about. I don't know if you. Um, I got distracted for for a couple seconds, but you know, the one thing I am worried about the Lakers for for the Lakers is that now the the Clippers might be fully healthy, and that was the one thing that that. Um, I felt like if the Lakers were going to beat the Clippers, then uh, it's because the Clippers were going to be unhealthy, or at least Paul George wasn't going to be at a hundred percent. And I think these couple months just bought him some time, you know. Yeah, uh, and I guess the Lakers Lakers didn't really have that problem. Uh, no. So, but yeah, the Clippers. But it's good. Fun. But it's this is good for LeBron though because. Now LeBron, with the remaining of the season, he can kind of take it slow because home court is not going to matter anymore, right? Because there is going to be no home court. They're going to finish the season in, in Orlando. And then, um, you know, he's going to be super rested for the playoffs. He could just take the remaining of the season like a like a preseason. And then he could, you know, he could just, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the scary thing about about the Lakers as well you know it helps the Clippers but it definitely helps the Lakers and I'm pretty sure the Clippers were hoping that LeBron would just show up to the playoffs just exhausted and he wouldn't be able to to continue his pace at 35 yeah I have a question for you mm. how do you feel about the, the issue of uh, the question of whether or not they should use um, fake crowd noise once they resume the games in Orlando. Okay, so the I don't know if we spoke about this last episode. The German soccer league, they played with no fans, no nothing, and there's just it sucks because it, it just seems like you're watching the scrimmage or it just seems like you're watching practice. And then they they had something I think uh, Korean baseball. They were showing. They had like little peak Pokemons and all that, but that's just too that's too much. But then they actually had auto like fake crowd noise, and it sounds so much better, dude. Yeah, it just I, sounds. I, I would, it's you know obviously it's it's not going to be the same, but it just sounds so much better with fake crowd noise. If you compare it to watching the game with no crowd. Yeah, you know, but and I, 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 mean, I think I feel the same way. Um, you know, the crowd noise would just make it seem more like a, you know, like a real yeah. NBA basketball game. You know, um, but what was I gonna say? Oh my god, I'm losing my train of thought again. 
Um, I was going to say that. I forgot what I was going to say again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, but no, well, you know, I, I would. I'm 100% for the crowd noise. They said they were going to use the NBA 2K crowd noise, but I think that would that sounds. That's hold on, Wilson. I have to interrupt this podcast. I have to take a phone call. Take over, man. Hold on. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that. Um, I think that the the, the real problem. I mean, it, even if they bring in the crowd noise, the real issue is. Uh, I mean, it's going to suck looking at the looking up in the stands because, like in football, uh, you know, you can't really see the stands just looking at the you know the, the, the angle that they show on the uh, on the field. Um, so that's not really going to make a difference if there's no fans in the stands when football returns. But if you uh, if you look at a basketball game, you can always see. You know, like the first the few rows of the crowd, yeah, even on the on the on the telecast. So yeah. it's gonna really be like a, you know, like a, I mean, even worse than a summer league game, or like a even like a G League game, they'll have fans in the stands. You know. Yeah. So, well, they're gonna have they're gonna have some fans in the stands. They're gonna have like uh, family members. They're gonna have training staff. They're obviously gonna be you know separated. It's not gonna be like during a uh, like a like practice right where they're at a gym you know and it's just like they're playing games at the Lakers facility I think they're going to try to make it as they're going to try to make it look as decent as possible you know I think a lot of people think it's going to look like a game at the Lakers facility no because there are going to be they're obviously going to you know where they're where where the the cameras at there's going to be nobody behind them but in front of the cameras they're going to put people there like at least in the first couple rows. Yeah, no, you know. And remember, they're gonna get tested. They're gonna be getting tested daily, I think. So, um, obviously, you know the people that are in the crowd, they're gonna they're gonna test negative for it. But I think it just shows like the NBA is so greedy, man. You know. It, but it, they have to though. I told you, like it, you're dumb. You're so dumb. I told you many times already. They have contracts with TNT and ESPN and ABC. They have to play out the season to get that money. Like, dude, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, yeah, it's easy for you to just say the hell with the season because you, you're not affected by it. It's the same thing like the people that condone the looters. Oh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to loot or whatever. Yeah, because they have no personal stake in it. All right, maybe you're right, Alex. Yeah, I am right. You're just an idiot. I gotta, I gotta take a dump though. So, all right. I know you got somewhere to go too. So, uh, before we get out of here, just a reminder to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TCP underscore Pod, and to like it on Facebook. Just search for the Complete Player Podcast. Send feedback and send feedback and mail back questions to Wilson Report Redux at Gmail dot com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is also on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. We are out. Peace.